Being theologically sound is an essential mark of a disciple. If we're going to follow Jesus in the way God's Word calls us to, we have to make sure we take our theology and our doctrine very seriously. Because our doctrine and our theology, our beliefs, they first of all tell us about who God is and then what it means for the rest of our lives. That's why theology and doctrine matter so much. So these things tell us about who God is and about what this means for the rest of our lives as Christians. Then where do we actually go to understand who he is and understand what it means for us as we try to follow the Lord? Well, thankfully, Hebrews chapter 1 gives us a great idea of how we should form our theology and doctrine. We're told this in the very beginning of the chapter. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, that God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. What sticks out to me about those two verses is that God has actually spoken to us. What an incredible thing to know that the creator of the universe has made himself known. So if he's made himself known to us and has spoken, we have to make sure we get right exactly what it is that he has said. Now, are we going to know every single thing that exists in the history of eternity about God? Of course not. But we can know everything that God has wanted us to know about himself, that he's revealed to us and spoken to us through his word. I want to know who God is. If I'm going to be a mature disciple and grow in my faith, it can't be in some kind of religion I've created or some kind of buffet-style pick-and-choose Christianity. I have to follow and worship the God who is, who has made himself known to me, but also counted a great privilege that I have his words that he has spoken. So God does actually want us to get his word right. Throughout the New Testament, we see correction having to take place from the Apostle Paul. Other writers in the New Testament are looking at the church and saying, hey, you're getting this wrong here, and it really matters. It's a big deal. I think of the book of Galatians, chapter 1, right out of the gate. Uh, Paul is very upset as he writes his letter to the Galatian church. He tells them he's astonished that they're so quickly really abandoning the gospel. There were people who were saying that they were believers, they were followers of the Lord, but that Jewish law still had to be very closely adhered to if people were actually going to be true followers of Jesus, actually true Christians. In this context, it was circumcision, that the men who became believers, who were not Jewish beforehand, had to go through the process of circumcision in order to be legitimate Christians. So Paul is outraged because this false theology is actually compromising the gospel. It's adding works on to salvation. So we don't get nitpicky about theology and doctrine because we're trying to be right or because we're trying to win an argument. No, because it really matters for the sake of the good news. Imagine if Paul just shrugged his shoulders and said, let's just be unified. Let's not worry about all these theological details and issues of doctrine. What he would be saying is it's not a big deal if we alter or change the gospel. Mature and growing Christians care deeply about these things. I believe that one of the biggest hindrances today to caring about doctrine and theology is that it's viewed as first and foremost being divisive. I've heard people say before, why can't our theology just be love God and love people? And that sounds great on the surface, but the truth is that's a theology in itself. What does it mean to love God? Who is he? How do we actually do that in a way that's pleasing to him? Love people. Well, how does that take place? What's our motivation for that? Why should I care about loving people? 
All of those questions are answered in theology and doctrine. We worship a God who is, yes, mysterious, but has made himself known. So there are things he wants us to know about himself and how that then plays out into how we actually live our lives for his name and for his glory. I just want people to truly understand as you watch this session that doctrine actually unites us. It's the people who depart from sound doctrine, from being theologically sound, they are the ones who are dividing the church. It was the ones telling the Galatian Christians that they had to be circumcised who were the ones being divisive. Those who hold steady on orthodoxy, on an actual biblically-based doctrine and theology, are the ones who are being united in something, and that is the truth. When Jesus in John 17 prayed for his disciples, he prayed they would have unity. Such an incredible prayer. Make them one, Lord. That was the cry of Jesus' heart that the church, that the Christians would become one. And in the exact same prayer, he says, sanctify them by your truth. And then makes this amazing statement where he declares, your word is truth. What that shows us is that unity is never just for the sake of unity. Unity actually has an object it has to form around. It doesn't suspend in the air on its own. It's built upon something. What that's built upon is the word of God. So we can't just have this faith that generically says, love God, love people, let's just be about Jesus. We have to actually define who Jesus is, understand what he's done for us, what that means for our lives, and all of that matters in the context of theology and doctrine. When you see people in the scriptures, in the book of Psalms, characters in the Old Testament, those who have gone through suffering, through pain, through doubt, through anguish, what is it that always preserves them? It's not a feeling. It's not a fake unity. It's not a generic theology. It's what they truly believe to be true about God, about his word, and about his promises. It's always our beliefs that we hold on to, especially when we need them the most. So you might go, okay, I understand that, but what are issues we divide over? Like, what are th- why are there so many denominations, so many churches? Well, Albert Moeller, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, I think provides a very helpful guide for us uh, that he calls a theological triage. Just like in the hospital, if uh, you broke your arm and I was having a heart attack and we arrived at the hospital at the same time, they would triage and they would see me probably before they saw you because my condition was much worse. And the same way there's a triage of orders of importance. So a first tier issue in the triage would be that if we don't agree on these things, one of us isn't a Christian. That would be things like the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. That would be that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We have to actually believe these things to be true about Jesus, that he died for us, that he rose again, in order for us actually to be Christians. So it's not that we're divided if we don't agree on those things. We're of different religions. Those are first-tier issues. A second tier issue would be something where we're on the same team, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, but the issue is important enough and significant enough where our membership is going to be at different churches. Still in the same family, because they even serve together and do things for Christ and the community together, but we're going to constitute our membership in different churches because something like baptism, for example, baptism by immersion is important enough to me that I'm going to go to a church and be a member of a church that believes in believers' baptism by immersion, where someone else might believe that baptism is for babies to be sprinkled in their theology, so they're going to go to a different church that practices and believes that. 
A third true issue would be that we can go to the exact same church, be in the exact same fellowship, serve together, uh, maybe even teach Sunday school together, sit by each other in the pew or in the chair on Sunday morning, but have a few different beliefs that are important because they're still theology and doctrine, but they're not enough to send us to different churches apart from each other. This could be something like your view on the end times or eschatology on what you think is going to play out at the end as Jesus comes back. Important matters worth discussing, but not worth dividing churches over. So we want to be people who care a ton about theology because we care a lot about God. We want to care a lot about doctrine because we want to make sure we're rightly believing the one who has spoken. Because if he has spoken to us through his word, it takes a lot of nerve to think that we shouldn't really care deeply about what it is he has had to tell us and why we should care about these matters because it all goes back to what we think about God. The most important thing about us, I'm convinced, is what comes to our mind when we think about God. A.W. Tozer, the theologian, was the first one to put that in print, and I believe he is absolutely right. The most important thing about you and about me is what comes to our mind when we think about our Lord, because that then sets the tone for every other area of our lives. When we think about God, everything's going to flow from that understanding. I don't have the right to worship God on my terms or to create some God that I feel comfortable with or a God that I prefer. My job as a created person is to worship the creator as he has made himself known to be. So I think sound doctrine, being theologically sound, caring about getting your beliefs right, really matters in terms of great significance for those who want to be mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Because if we're not getting theology right, we're not going to get our faith in following Christ right. So theology and doctrine are deep matters of importance for those who want to reach mature markers of Christian discipleship.